Welcome to Untamed Intimacy, the show that helps you get to the core of what creates safety, love, connection, passion, and pleasure in your relationship. You'll learn how to resolve conflict, communicate authentically, and rekindle passion. So you can create untamed intimacy in your relationship. I'm Ani Manian. And I'm Lee Noto. We're the founders of Untamed Intimacy. And together, we serve couples all around the world to help them create the wildest love they have ever known. We believe that our relationships are the most powerful vehicles for growth, and our partners are our greatest teachers. If you're ready to create untamed intimacy in your relationship, then this is the podcast for you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. And you'll be notified as soon as we drop a juicy episode. And if you really love and receive value from this podcast, we'd like to ask two things. Please leave a five-star review and consider connecting with us on Instagram at untamed underscore intimacy. And take a screenshot of your favorite episodes and share them in your stories so others can find this content too. And if you'd like to be coached live on air or have any questions that you'd like answered on the show, visit us at untamedintimacylive.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Untamed Intimacy. We are really, really excited to have a new slash old friend on the show today. I feel like we've known each other for lifetimes. Her name is Jenna Valentine. And if that's not like the perfect last name, I don't know what is. But I met her, Ani and I met her at MSW Lounge, which is an amazing vitamin lounge here in Austin. And she was reading this really cool book on ancestral medicine. And as soon as we got into conversation, I'm like, this chick is rad. She knows what she's talking about, but don't take my word for it. She's also a licensed acupuncturist, a Twina cupping practitioner, and owner of Valentine Care. She's always been focused on helping others and has worked with a range of populations from veterans with mental illness to teen mothers to wealthy CEOs. Her favorite thing is empowering people to fully embrace their authentic health journey. She loves training at a boxing gym, participating in storytelling events, which she was just telling us about, hanging with her daughter, reading, and is basically obsessed with learning new things. She has a passion for unique people, weird experiences, and social justice, and she is just an all-around stellar woman. So Jenna, welcome to the show. Thank you. I I am so honored to be here. And I know we're just recording now, but um, the way that Lee just led us through this beautiful meditation, like both Ani and Lee are such special humans. I was so lucky that I booked that IV drip at MSW Lounge that day. I feel like it was so meant to be. And I got to hear a little bit of them doing an interview for a different podcast. And uh, I'm just so happy to be on the receiving end of of y'all's interview because what I overheard you saying was so gorgeous and so in line with so many of my beliefs. And I just couldn't be happier to be affiliated now with Untamed Intimacy. Thank you guys. Right on. Well, you know, something that I forgot to mention in your intro, which also really sparked my curiosity when we first met is that you as well are an intimacy coach and you have a lot of deep experience with somatic experiencing and um, practicing Tantra and studying Tantra. So with all of that being said, in the work that you do around intimacy, whether it's through the lens of acupuncture or coaching or SE, 
What are you seeing pop up as some of the biggest challenges for your clients, especially during this time? So I think when I, obviously like each person has a unique experience. Um, and so when, when I try to honor that, I also can kind of zoom out and see common themes. And and right now we're, we're in this kind of multi-level uh, state of trauma. So we have obviously a highly politicized environment. We have this second wave of a civil rights movement coming out. We have um, obviously the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of financial strife and um, and with that comes a lot of like emotional shifting and a lot of things are coming to the surface. We've never seen people be confined in small spaces for so long, the level of fear, the level of unknowns, um, the level of polarization between, you know, people you thought were friends or family, things are getting hyper-polarized. And when I back out into what that looks like from a, from a, like a deeper level or a larger scale, I go back to Chinese medicine because that's the medicine that I study predominantly. And really Chinese medicine is all about balance and it's about balancing the yin and the yang. And I know now it feels natural for me to say yang. I know a lot of people say yang, trust me on it. It is yang, but I don't want to sound pretentious. So I get it. Like just like roll with me on it. Um, So the yin is like this very feminine, like nurturing, deep, calm, quiet. And the yang is this very masculine, outward, kind of like sunshine, hot energy. Um, And I'm using masculine and feminine just kind of for ease of reference with respect to all different gender identities. But the right now, it's a very yang period of time. I mean, we're in summer, which is highly yang. We're hot. We're in Austin. It's super humid. and, um, And all the energies around us are very yang. So what I'm seeing with my clients is this really, really strong need to access their feminine, both the female and male and in between clients that I encounter have this craving for more yin in their worlds. Um, That also goes along with we live in a very capitalistic society. We live within a patriarchy. um, And there's a lot of just kind of masculine energy just because of that. And so we're seeing that heightened and we're seeing people get dysregulated because we are super out of balance. So what my clients are benefiting the most from are, are things like um, meditation work, stillness work, somaticizing the experience, meaning bringing whatever emotion they're feeling and finding where that's lying in the body. Um, I do hands-on work still. So acupuncture and um, tweenar and cupping are obviously like you're with the client, although we can do virtual sessions for acupressure. Um, And that is really important because the clients that I have are craving touch. They're craving healing, nourishing touch because they're isolated and they're lonely and there's a lot of fear and um, there's never been a more important time to both like promote immune system function and also just have a, a, a caring healing practitioner to work on the body while also creating space for the psyche and the emotional framework as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I, you know, I'm definitely feeling a lot of the yang energy right now as well yeah. within myself. And then of course, seeing it around us in society. And I'm curious to know because people lie across all ends of the spectrum from very aware about masculine and feminine attributes within themselves or yin and yang attributes to no awareness at all. So what are some of the telling signs that someone can use to really understand not only where they're at, but what some of the implications are on their health 
their mm. relationships, um, you know, anything that is really sort of impacted in their lives? Yeah, that's a really good question. What I find that the really like kind of young energy to be is this, our brain is the commander and we're dragging along our bodies for the experience. And there's really this lack of understanding of that our bodies are doing so much for us. There's a lack of reverence for bodies. There's this kind of like, we don't think about them until they do something we don't want. And then we get mad at them. Like, ugh, I can't believe my stomach's hurting. Like, it's so annoying. I have this headache. Like we're mad that our bo- we feel our body has betrayed us when in fact we have been betraying our body by just ignoring it. Like we treat it like it's some, what's that Harry Potter guy with the sock? You know, that little guy, Do- Dobie, something like that. Oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 I like do. that little servant guy. Like we treat yeah. our bodies like that, you know? And we're like these like brain warlords expecting them to do all these things with no thank you, no gratitude. I mean, one of the things I do at the end of my sessions is I, I take all the needles out, all the cups off, and I let my clients lay on the table. And I say like, hey, we've been focusing on everything that's going wrong. Um, and now is the time to focus on things that are going right. Like, let's thank your body. Like if you're, if your brain is like, a, I mean, I don't know that it's the manager, but let's just say that because I think that's what most people think. If the brain is like the manager and it's only saying you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong, and it's never saying you're doing this right. Like if that was my manager, I'd get pissed off and I'd quit. And that's what we're seeing bodies do. So um, one level is like, just check in with yourself honestly. Like, are you truly kind to your body? What is the self-talk that's going on? Is it this level of when something doesn't go right, your body has betrayed you? Or are you honestly like, is a voice in your head like, oh girl, like, you okay? Why are you hurting? What do you need from me? How do I love you? Like, like how are you talking to your body? Because there's very different ways that we're doing that. Um, and then there's also like, when you're not feeling well, how are you attending to yourself? Are you the person that's like, I don't feel well, but I'm going to push through. Are you the person that still goes to work? Are you the person that still goes to the gym? I mean, hopefully not now, especially with the pandemic, right? But just in general, like take an assessment of your life. Like how do you treat sex, right? Like is it an act that you're trying to conquer? Is it a receptiveness? Because the yang energy is very um, like kind of conquer energy, outward energy, like attack, um, like claim. And the yin energy is very like a receptive opening energy. and I, and I think we all know, like, how are we interacting? Is it, and even as women, even as heterosexual women who are in a relatively, like, stereotypical heteronormative dynamic, we know if we're being, like, young in our encounters. And so I think that we need to really get clear with ourselves and call ourselves out on some of, like, the bullshit narratives that we tell ourselves um, and just, and really be honest with where we're at. And only from there can we start to do a little bit better nurturing the elements of ourselves that are a little bit out of balance right now. Mm. I love the bit about really appreciating the body for all the things it is doing, because, you know, the truth is the intelligence that runs our bodies, it makes the intelligence of our local mind look like a joke. And we have seven, you know, trillion, 70 trillion cells. And we, you know, these cells somehow self-organize to be our livers, to be our spleen, to be our kidneys, to be our skin. And seemingly without a single conscious thought, these cells function and they communicate with each other and they essentially create what we think is our body. I mean, the entitlement is really real, right? It's Mm -hmm. our body. It's my body, right? I do what I want with my body. 
And, you know, it begs the question, right? When I think of myself, who is the I here, right? And we're so used to thinking of the I as something mental. We forget that this is um, almost an ad hoc assembly of energy that's being combined to form this organism. And we live in a state of separation from ourselves. We live in a state of separation from our bodies. We live in a state of separations from our hearts. And something Lee and I, you know, we were in a, in a practice this past weekend. And during, you know, some of these times, I sort of channel wisdom from far outside my local storage. And the words that came out were, everything in the universe wants to be appreciated. Everything in the universe wants to be appreciated. And it really rang true because, you know, every single aspect of the universe is still an aspect of the universe. And whether it's really, you know, toxic masculinity like Trump, you know, a really toxic display of power, whether it's, you know, someone who's out there saving dogs from the kill list, you know, or my fingernail or, you know, a hair follicle or a blade of grass, everything wants to be appreciated. Tell me a little bit about how you see this idea of gratitude and appreciation, especially with people's bodies play out. And what are some challenges that people face in your practice? And what does life turn into? What does the experience of reality turn into when there is a lack of this appreciation? I love everything you just said. Like, I feel like I need like 20 minutes just to sit with it. <laughs> so like, forgive me. I'm like, yes, all of that. Um, so one of my professors, I forget which one, once said that where attention goes, energy flows. And it's similar with gratitude practices, right? So um, most of the time we're not aware of like our pinky toe until we hit it on something, right? And then we're super aware of it. But if we sit there with awareness and we think about our pinky toe, we start to get this weird, like kind of buzzy feeling. We're like, ah, it feels kind of, you kind of want to shake your foot. Like it's just odd because we really can control where our awareness is. And with that gratitude, when you can really flood your system with it, um, and even your partner or partners, like if you can really truly appreciate them and what their bodies and, and how their energies are organized, um, it's a really beautiful gift to like with, with full listening, um, attend and appreciate to both yourself and to somebody else. I think when that goes awry and when the talk that's, you know, when you, when you talk about like the, who is the I, um, we all have a voice in our head. That's kind of like narrating our experience. Like, Oh man, you shouldn't have done that. Or like, Oh God, do they notice my pimple? Like we all have that, right. Whatever. Like, I can't believe I said that. Or do I look stupid? We all have something. Sometimes that voice is really kind. It's like, you're doing great. It's like a cheerleader inside. And that's the goal. And then outside of that, there's another entity that's kind of watching that person narrate the life, right? And you can kind of get really like expansive around what that is and what that looks like. But when you can kind of get um, get a sense for when when you when you allow yourself to really feel into who you are, um, the shadow parts of yourself, uh, you know, the parts that you're like 
oh man, I hope no one <laughs> has noticed that about me. Uh, and you have love for those as really intelligent, protected entities that have served you at some point. What I see in my clients is there, and myself, is that there are these blocks where we've done certain things to adapt, both physically, you know, like maybe we hold our shoulder up because we injured it, or maybe emotionally we guard when someone compliments us, whatever it is, whatever our patterns are. Um, and as we get older, instead of actually doing the work to figure out why we were doing that and like the benefit of it and how beautiful that was at one point for us to survive whatever situation we were in, we recognize it as unhelpful or maybe like a more immature way of dealing with it or undesirable. And then we shut it down. Like we're like, Oh shit. Like I don't, I don't want that to be part of me. And so we just try to ignore it and stuff it away and hope it'll go away on its own. And I think most of us know, like that's just not going to work, but we still try. And so I think with, um, with, the clients I see and with the work that I do, um, the goal overall is to say like, okay, everything that we've done is adaptive in some way and it has helped us at some time. And now let's like turn those stones over and see if they still serve us. Because I know for me, I can tend to have a very young energy at times. And when I think about like, when I think about like, okay, I also want to up my yin, it makes me super sad to think about losing my young because I love that part of me. Like I love being like aggressive and focused and like attack mode. Like I, I find that super fun. It, like gives me a lot of heat and energy. Um, I don't want to just be like kind of a, a melty bubbly blob. Like sometimes I do, but not all the time. Um, and, but what I, I had someone frame it for me as like, okay, so if you have three huge wheels on a car filled with yang and you have one tiny little one of yin, you don't have to shrink those three wheels. You can just really increase that other yin one. And that has been a message I try to give to my clients. It's not that we have to take away um, aspects of yourself that you love and still find helpful, right? This is nonviolence. If it's still serving you, let's keep it and find a way to work with you. But if it's not serving you, let's like retire it. Let's like let it go out to pasture and graze and live a super happy life, you know, and acknowledge it and thank it um, and then move forward. Because clients, especially the couples that I work with, when they have, they just and again, like I have this with myself too. Like, I think I told you guys in the intake forums, I'm like, my biggest life mission is just get out of my own way. And I feel like I have clients that feel the same way. They just can't get out of their own way to fully embrace a partnership that's being offered to them. They can't even receive the gift of the partnership because of histories that, that they've not attended to yet about lack of worthiness or, or um, you know, if there's like in the past, if there's been you get something, but there's something attached to it. So they're suspicious of gift. So um, a lot of it is like, let's like really cheer on those parts of yourself that were like, hell yeah, you guarded yourself like a champion at nine years old. And now you're not nine. And let's see if you still want to guard yourself that way. And the gratitude can come in both to the current self, but also these kind of shadowy selves where there's some shame and some regret and some guilt and some like, I know I can do better. Um, and instead we just kind of like, cheer those things on for their little beastly selves and love them too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, you know, there is something really poignant about the phrase receiving the partnership because the receiving is a predominantly yin energy and it's a yin shape. And for a lot of people, especially who experience some kind of childhood trauma, and, you know, in our work, we see, you know, most people have at least one or multiple experiences that, you know, were too much for their system to handle. 
and either they were too young or it was too intense or there was violence or there was some sort of abuse and the system had had to adapt as you said right it had to reshape itself to really guard against this threat and the threat might be gone but the guards are still out and the guards are trying to keep the you know the perpetrator they're still looking for, for the perpetrator and trying to keep the perpetrator out but now the situation's different and they're with you know one would hope a, a loving affectionate gentle partner but typically what attracts us to a partner is usually a trauma <laughs> pattern that locks perfectly where you know one person's trauma really matches with another person's trauma and we come into partnership really to do our own work our own emotional work our own spiritual work our own growth work well i think that's like the divine intelligence of it as we've been in our relationship our our traumas fit together like a jigsaw puzzle and so you know some of my tendencies trigger ani's deepest core wounds and vice versa and so it's it's fascinating to see that for what it is other than you know the fact that i might want to call him an asshole or he wants to call me something else you know um so i'm curious because you'd mentioned shadows and integrating shadows and i think this time of coronavirus of you know like really really seeing systemic racism for what it is you know in a very confrontational way and many many other things that are happening in the world right now are bringing up all of our shadows individually and collectively so i'm curious to hear you know how you work with clients when two people are in a partnership and their shadows are coming up because they can be some of the most challenging things to deal with and i know that there's a lot of shame anger resentment you know that can happen in the relationship so how do you help clients work through those things and help them to see the gift or a space for gratitude even in that kind of challenging experience so yeah i mean those are those are really good points to, especially to bring up like how this time in particular is bringing up the shadow self and i you know i i want to say like what a gift. And I do mean that, but it sounds so cheesy, you know, to be like, oh, it's such a gift to like get to look at all the crap. You know, it's, there's a phrase, it's like, what is it? Another fucking growth opportunity, AFOG, whatever, whatever the acronym is. And so it feels like in a time where we're already at capacity, we've now been given these like opportunities for growth, but we're like, I can't grow. I'm super tired. So um, first of all, it's kind of making sure like people have the individual bandwidth to go there because otherwise it is, it's a violence towards self. Like if you do not have your self care on point, if you are already in a place of depletion, going into your shadow self in a partnership, not super recommended, right? Cause it's gonna, it's gonna really tax the system. So oftentimes there's a period of like, let's pause on getting into this deepest core trauma stuff and let's boost your body. You know, it's like you don't, whatever your thoughts are on vaccines. If you get a vaccine, you don't get it when you're feeling sick because it taxes your immune system. So we make sure the body's healthy before it receives this kind of aggression on the immune system. And so it's the same with, with partnership work. Like, is your body healthy enough? Is your, your emotional framework healthy enough to sustain relational work? Um, 
And sometimes relationships have to hit pause. You know, we all know the people that are like, like I call them over processors. It's like sometimes couples just need like flippant fun where you're like scrolling through dumb memes and like giggling about it. Like not everything has to be this like, when you said this, I felt this and I need to talk about it for the next four hours. Like sometimes you just need to like fuck around and be silly, you know? And um, especially if you're in a, a place where there's a little bit of um, a vulnerability of self that's going on. Uh, so I don't think everything, I think we have to look at the individuals and then we have to look at the relationship because if two people have been drawn together, um, like I, I call them like the narcissist and the narcissist fertilizer, you know, and like, if it's that kind of partnership, learning within that framework is not super beneficial. So there are certain partnerships that need to be reevaluated. Like, is this actually the format that you're going to go do self-work in? Um, we have to have discretion with our hearts. We have to have discretion with who we open up to and are vulnerable with. And we're not always in a partnership that's going to support that. So I think we have to be honest about where we're at for ourselves and who our partner is, and whether or not they have the capacity and desire to do that work. Often, if I have couple clients, it's like one's kind of like very clearly dragging the other one in. <laughs> and it's like, oh man. And sometimes that works out fine. And other times it's like, you can tell it's just the other person's not invested. They don't want to go there yet. They're not ready yet. And we have to honor that, even though it's really sad sometimes to be like, I think you guys have categorically outgrown each other at times. Um, we have to, we have to talk about that and they may stay together and that's fine. Um, but it's about really trying to have the most honest assessment possible about what's going on. I do think that people, it can be really, really cool when like, like when you two have conversations about this, because you've done enough self-work and enough relational work and you have the the terms and you have the bandwidth and you have the language around these containers where like, Oh man, that hit a core wound and I'm feeling super weird about it. Let's talk. And, and that is like supercharged growth for both of you as individuals. And then this like third entity of the couple. Um, but not every, everybody has that. Right. So we have to just be as honest as possible about, um, about where that is. And again, a lot of it is like self-work, self-care. I'm constantly harping on like, what's your self-care been like? How are you self-caring today? You know, it's as much of a reminder for me as it is for other people. Cause I'll be like, my daughter will laugh because I'll ask her if she's had enough water, for example. And if I ask her more than three times, we know actually I'm the one that's thirsty. So I'll do that sometimes like, or I'll be like, do you have to pee? You should pee. And then she'll look at me, she'll be like, mama, do you have to pee? And I'm like, damn, I do. Like, it's me. Um, and so I think like we can watch couples do the same thing where like one will be like, I feel like we should talk about, you know, you should work on this. You should, this classic projection pattern um, with the best intentions. And that can be a lot of information for what, what like each person's experiencing as they're able to skillfully like mirror back to each other um, who they are, who they want to be, what their visions are, what their goals are, who they used to be, this whole spectrum of relationship. Yeah, it's, you know, interesting because I found a huge difference in my experience, which, you know, from when I didn't have a language to really talk about my experience in a really precise way. And when I did, and what I found even with clients is that as soon as there's language that can precisely describe what's actually happening, it changes our relationship to the experience. And they did this experiment with kids where, you know, they would really, it was maybe not the best experiment to do because they upset kids. And then, they would take um, 
a set of emotions and they would and feelings that say are you feeling frustrated no and the kid would you know retort back in almost like an outburst are you feeling sad no are you feeling angry yes and as soon as the precise feeling or emotion mm-hmm. was named the air just slowly went out of the balloon wow. and the kid lost all the charge so there's a huge 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 benefit to even having access to the lexicon of one's experience and so this is something um if you're familiar with Dan Siegel's work he talks a lot about differentiation and differentiation is really important because you know we sometimes don't really know how to read and understand and make sense of our own emotions and when we don't have a vocabulary that can distinguish between different ways in which our experience shows up it's this one confusing lump and typically what we do with you know a big ball of emotion is that we avoid it we run from it we try to block it out we dissociate if it's too much or we take it we grab it like it's snow we compact it into a ball and then we launch it at someone's face right because i don't want to carry this right so i'm going to throw it at your face because i don't want to carry this anymore <laughs> right mm-hmm. that's the easiest way for me to get rid of it and so this idea of really differentiating and understanding at a finer grain level what my experience is is i think a really invaluable tool for you know individuals especially couples because in relational dynamics a lot of stuff happens that isn't precisely located and so a tool for those listening can be um marshall rosenberg who created nonviolent communication his store sells these feelings cards and it's just a pack of cards just feelings like and a, needs. feelings and needs and you every i feel like every couple should own one of those um so they can when stuff is coming up they can just scroll through it and be like am i this am i this am i this and what usually happens is as soon as you can locate for yourself or for your partner what's happening the air goes out of the balloon and the system can just be like <sighs> because going back to it everything in the universe wants to be appreciated and the way we appreciate things emotions people objects is with our attention and we can't have appreciation without attention and most things are starved for attention and when we and we talked about this in the context of the body most people don't pay any attention to their body till something breaks down mm-hmm. right so literally there is less energy flowing in the body <laughs> and the energetic composition of the body is very different and it's slowly being deadened and you know your work obviously deals with the energetics of the body and restoring the flow and restoring that vitality through acupuncture and manipulating you know the meridians through which energy flows and so i i really think you know this idea of differentiation is so key because without that level of awareness that fundamental level of being able to observe you know even our partners and saying hey like you know i notice that um you seem a little different you know what's happening for you right now what do you need what's coming up for you um that level of attention that level of nuance can really be supportive because 
people just want to be seen. People just want to be known. They just want to be felt. And sometimes the loneliest people are those in relationships because they are with someone so much of the time, but they don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. They don't feel known. And they're like a plant that's withering in the corner because no, not there's you know no attention being paid to it. Just in case you needed the very sad imagery. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, first first of all, I think like the way you two look at each other is so gorgeous. Like if, mm. if people want a model for what it looks like to see each other, you know, it's like some couples don't even make eye contact, right? It's like I bet there are partners that couldn't even tell you the real color of their partner's eye. Like, does it have flecks of gold or, you know, whatever, like people are not, they're kind of looking at each other, but not seeing each other. So I'm so, I love watching the way you two look at each other. It's so sweet. Uh-huh. Um, the other part is, you know, we talked about how important the linguistics are having the, the, like the right words for, for describing things. And sometimes we just don't, right. If trauma has occurred pre-verbal, um, if trauma has occurred in a context, I, the way I frame it is like your brain just doesn't have a filing system for it. It's just so fucked up. There is no like, no, I'll file it under like super fucked up miscellaneous. Like we just don't have words around it. We all know like when you get super mad or really sad, the words don't flow, right? Our our frontal lobe shuts down and we're all in our like animal brain limbic system. And that's not the best at using and finding precise words. So that's why I love having the combination of acupuncture and body work, you know, the tweena, the cupping, because what, what that does is it gives the frontal lobe a break. It's like, Hey, we're not going to before it was like, what am I feeling? Tell me what I need to do. Like, why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? And sometimes the brain's like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, damn. Um, and so what we can do is we can just give the brain a break, take the pressure off, access the body, do the somatic experiencing exercise work where it's like, you don't have to tell me why you feel angry. Let's just look at how anger lives in your body. So people start to notice, like, you know, and they'll be like, nowhere. And then, you know, we'll sit for a while and they'll be like, oh, actually, like my stomach feels kind of weird. I'm like, all right. Or, you know, they notice their chest feels tight or their throat feels constricted or, you know, their left eye starts twitching, whatever it is, their toe, wall, you know, whatever, whatever their system is trying to do with that energy can then inform the body work that I do to allow without ever needing the words for it to allow that body system, I, I call it metabolizing the experience. So in the same way, like we put food, we, we choose the food we put in our mouth. We choose to somewhat how long we chew it. And then we kind of were like, whatever, now the body's got it. Like we don't think about the rest of it. Um, and it's the same with certain experiences. We choose to find a modality to help us. And, and then we're like, now I'm just going to let the body do it, right? Like the body knows what to do if you just let it. And so sometimes it's like over talking a certain thing is just at a certain point, it just becomes unhelpful. You just hit a roadblock because no one's going to remember if a trauma happened at two, you know, or three, you're not going to have, even when you're younger, the language you have is so different that we can't necessarily talk our ways into healing. We can talk our ways into like, I think this may be, or this is where my body's trying to work. You know, I feel, you know, there, there are women and, and some men, you know, who can't access orgasm, right? Like that, that doesn't have to be the case. There are people who are like just so out of touch with their body. We have to start from ground zero, just feel the floor, feel your feet on the floor, you know? Um, and then there are people who are hyper, hyper attuned to their body. So it's almost like they're flooded with sensation. Everything is jarring and to, and we have to calm the nervous system down because the body is, is you know like 
Ani talked about guarding, the, the body is, is on hypervigilance. Um, and again, there aren't going to be necessarily words for that. Also, I mean, as humans, we are so adaptive. It's awesome. And it's also like, we'll adapt to really bad situations. Like there's that, um, I forget who did the research, but it's like 10% of our happiness is actually experience. The rest is like genetics and, you know, and like our mindset, but it's like 40% mindset, 50% genetics and 10% just like straight up choice. Um, or I mean, a 10% experience. And so, um, so within that, there's like a lot of how do we get, how do we get the body system to flow so that we can maximize our own experience for, for working through these emotional patterns that we don't have words for. Mm, yeah. I, you answered some of the questions that I had already, but I'd love to hear, maybe we do like a round of like quick shares. Like what are your, uh, and I'd love to hear from both of you and I'll share some of mine too, but what are say three of your favorite at-home practices that require no practitioner, no supplies to bring the, the prefrontal cortex back online or to really drop into a grounded, safe feeling body that anyone can do anywhere, pretty much anytime. Johnny, you want to go first? Yeah. Ooh, I got so many. I love them. Um, so one is super simple. You take your, um, your right hand and you put it over your heart center. And then you take your left hand and you put it underneath your belly button. So for um, people who have uteruses, that would be where that is. For people with prostates, it'd kind of be in that general area. And um, you're not, sorry, you're not actually covering it, but it's kind of like cupping. And it's kind of like, kind of like this. So hold it in your lap, but in that area. So left hand is like a little cup. Um, and basically this is because the left is the yin side and women or the feminine energy receives. The right hand is the masculine side and the right, the masculine holds. So you're holding your heart and you're receiving with this kind of root chakra area. If you, if you use the chakra system and then you just close your eyes and you breathe, imagining all the receiving going into that left palm from the universe or whatever God you believe in. And then you're holding it in your heart with your right hands. Um, so I love that. I'll do that every now and then. Um, the other, there's another great one, which is there's a cool acupressure point that's just kind of in the top of your ear. There's like a little divot. You can just squeeze it. Can you all feel, feel that? You just kind of squeeze the top of your ear. Don't overthink it. It's not like a, yeah. you're not going to mess it up. So you just squeeze there. Um, and that, like, I call this the shush button where you're just like shushing the nervous system a little bit. Mm. Um, so those are two that I love. The other one is just, to be honest, there's like a little meditation that's called the, the inner circuit. Is that what it's called? Shoot, I can't remember the name. Small heavenly circuit, something like that. But it's about connecting the top of your head with the base of your perineum or perineum, however you pronounce it. Um, and you basically just do a loop in whatever way energetically feels best. So you can go down the front or you can go up the front either way. But the idea is to create this kind of oval shape um, across the midline of your, of your front and the midline of your back. And you can create this kind of like energetic bubble, uh, connecting the, it's the do and the Ren meridians, and that's the masculine and feminine or yin and yang meridians. And you're connecting that in your body to create this balance mm -hmm. of those two energies. I have a ton more, but those are probably my three phases, and I want to hear yours. That's a good one. There's Is also, it the microcosmic orbit? Is yeah. that the one? Thank you. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank cool. you. There's also the one uh, that Debbie showed us. We have another acupuncturist friend who uh, showed us the off button, which is basically right on the third eye. Yeah. It's using a thumb to massage the third eye. 
and it basically just very quickly down regulates the nervous system and just it's great to do before sleep yeah that's um, such a good one there's uh, there's also a point that's up a little bit higher so like if uh, you're out and you don't want like a red mark on your forehead when you're rubbing yeah. it you just go straight up a tiny bit into the hairline yeah. and you can rub that that way you're not like uh, if you're someone who wears makeup you don't want to mess it up you just don't want you know some people are like real sensitive They're like i don't want to poke my third eye i'm like all right so you can just go up here instead mm. nice and Let's talk about some of the ones we've been doing. So the the humming before bed. Oh, love humming. You want to do you want to demo hum? Yeah, do you want to demo it or or explain it first? Let's let's demo it and then we'll explain it. Okay. How about that? Okay, let's Ready? do it. Ready? It's one hum, three, two, one. Hum. hum. Nice. <laughs> now you now you want to explain it? So we're working with an amazing vocal alchemist right now who's one of our teachers, guides, um, and we're working through the, the seed sounds or the mantras for the chakra system. Cool. And I guess two or three weeks ago, we were at the throat chakra, and the sound is hum. And so as you say the word, when you make the huh, sound with the H, it opens the throat. And then the U sort of drops into the throat as you say it. And as you hold the mmm, you can feel it vibrate in your chest, in your heart center. And it's this beautiful, like naturally pacifying sound that if you do it enough times, it can actually cause a bit of like dreaminess, sleepiness, a really deeply relaxed state. It's nature's annex. It stimulates the vagus nerve. So, you know, it improves vagal tone. It really, you know, puts you in deep parasympathetic. It's just a beautiful practice, especially before bed to, you know, really calm the system down because so many people, they are so spun up all day, especially with the aid of caffeine, which is so wildly popular and freely available. Are you um, calling out my coffee right now? <laughs> I'm calling out my own uh, okay. tea right now as well. <laughs> Um, and so this, this has been really nice to, you know, almost create a ritual around bed, bedtime before going to sleep. Toning the, I just got this really funny image of like a Richard Simmons video circa 1983 of like, (laughs) do you want to tone your vagal? Yeah. (laughs) And he just hums. Y'all know the other way to tone the vagus nerve is gagging. So that's Mm -hmm. another... Well, I'm sure we can think of a few practices yeah, for that. Yeah, if people want other ideas, you know, humming's not your thing. I think your vagal tone really needs some work. Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. You can try that as a different option tonight if you want. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. Thank you. Also great right before sleep. It really improves. Yeah. So, I think science science has shown that. Yeah, to be yeah. true. Yeah. What are some Perfect. other practices that you like? I like this. I created a really super simple one, which involves just laying on the floor or on a carpet and just completely surrendering to the ground and offering no conscious holding of the body and just completely melting, almost imagining like I'm butter being warmed on a low flame and just slowly letting every part of my body just completely melt um and i used to do that too and 
you know, it's a state that once you train yourself to get to, you can access within seconds. And once you get there, you can just do it when you're sitting in a chair in a coffee shop. And it's just so easy and it's so effortless. And, you know, it always puts me in a state where I feel clear, my mental chatter and mental noise is gone. And I just feel really in my body. And usually I get a couple of downloads from the cloud. So it's a nice little bonus. I like, I am really fond of just touching myself. So and this is, I share this with a lot of clients as well. You touch yourself? All the time. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, a lot of times when I feel my system go offline, just intuitively I'll rock my body and it's like Mm. a self-soothing mechanism, but I really love grabbing the sides of my arms and just squeezing right here. And it, it feels really great to be held pretty, you know, firmly here, whether you're being cuddled by someone, hugged by someone, or even by ourselves. Um, and so I'll just sort of squeeze my own arms. I'll also do hand on heart, hand on womb. Um, just touching my body kind of lets me know, like I'm here, I'm, I'm in the present moment. Uh, so I really enjoy that one a lot as well. Do you want to talk about the sensuously rubbing, sensually rubbing lotion rather than? Yeah, well, we do that all the time. Um, so I mean, that one's really good for just a present moment experience is really using lotion or coconut oil or your balm of choice and really Uh, just paying attention to all of the curves of the body, whether it's the curve of the calf or the curve of a muscle or a hip and just feeling what the body feels like. Because, you know, it's so interesting. I've, I've said this before. I'm like, if I had to, you know, describe my foot to an artist, could I describe it? Or would somebody else like my partner be able to better describe it because he pays more attention to my foot than I do? And so like, can we describe these parts and these nuances and intricacies of our bodies when typically we just, like you said, Jenna, we'll rush through the day. We don't pay attention to our body until there's something wrong, but taking the chance to actually be with our body and applying essential oils or applying lotion or, you know, grooming ourselves in whatever way feels good. can be a really beautiful practice to come back to presence. Um, And I think, you know, as far as systems being offline, I really like shaking. If I don't feel too shaken up, then moving my body is actually very helpful because it bypasses my need to have the answer. And I just, I'll stretch, I'll jump up and down, I'll shake my hands out, I'll flutter my lips and shake my head. And it just really brings me back to to the moment that I can remember that I'm actually okay. Yeah, those are, I mean, I, I heard someone, one of my, he's a friend, not a client, but he said, whenever he starts to get upset, he just like gets naked and jumps up and down. Cause he's like, no one can take themselves too seriously when you're naked, jumping up and down, especially as a yeah. man, you know, especially <laughs> as like a middle-aged man. And I was like, man, it's like a really great idea. Like just super humbling. Um, and just like silly, but also it, like, it really truly gets you back into the body system, which is yeah. So helpful just to get a little bit of space from, you know, our tyrant brains for, for a minute or so. I have a, another client who, uh, you know, and a lot of, I think what you were describing Lee is this kind of goddess energy of like you adorn your body. Like you, mm-hmm. you, 
from the inside out, you have this expectation of pleasure and luxury and receiving and like, of course, I'm going to slowly put this like deliciously fragrant lotion on myself. Why wouldn't I? Like, look at me. Like, right, like and not from a superficial level, but just this like, of course, I'm worth taking an extra minute to find just the right essential oil that I want to smell like for the day. Like, you're welcome, world. Or like, of course, I'm worth finding this one piece of jewelry that I want to wear or this texture of fabric that feels really good on me. Like, that, that's goddess energy. That's beautiful. And one of my clients is really trying to work and embrace that a little bit more because she's become a little bit more out of touch with that part of herself. And so we were talking about just that, putting lotion on yourself with mindfulness, you know, so you're not just slapping on lotion, which of course we all do if we're running late or whatever, but when you don't have to rush, don't rush. And, um, and she was so clever because she's also having trouble vocalizing certain aspects of her life. So she was like, you know, I was putting lotion on, um, on my neck and we have her do some of the humming exercises as well. And she's like, and I realized like, I'm going to put it up because I want my, I want the energy to be up and out. And I'm like, you know, I love it. Like you're, you're adding on important little, you know, you're honoring yourself. You're sensing where the energy is. You're really like, you know, taking these moments to show your body, like, I love you. And you know, we, what the kind of theme we've been talking about, I'm giving you attention. I'm noticing you, I'm giving you appreciation. Um, and so even if it's yourself, I mean, because it's yourself, even more so because it's yourself, having these really conscious moments to experience like who we are and what we do. Like, I I mean, even with the work that I do, I probably couldn't describe my foot to somebody. I mean, I'd be like, it's a beautiful foot. I love my foot, you know, but I wouldn't be able to give you like the nuances of the foot. Um, I could probably choose my foot out of a lineup. I hope so. Um, (laughs) But I, you know, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that, that like sweet attention to ourselves and, Um, and then being able to like get that as our foundation. And then we, from that place can offer it out to partners or one partner, however, we've structured our life, our friendships, our family, our children, our pets, our plants, you know, we can then have the sense of like, um, I'm not, you know, I see people who go out and they try to love in a way that they are desperate to be loved. So they're over giving, um, and they're, they're overdoing and they're over efforting and, then they're not getting back what they're hoping for. And so instead it's like, all right, no, let's like, let's close that loop. So like, you're just loving yourself in this way. This like extravagant love you're showing to others being like panicked to get that love back and desperate to get that love back, which is not, desperation is not the sexiest energy. It's not going to draw the right partner to fulfill that truly. Um, And so instead it's like, love yourself the way that you love. You know, we talk about love languages, whatever your thoughts are on that, you know, it can be a helpful tool to get some language around, you know, some of our, our needs and, and how we show love. Um, but there is like this, we love the way we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And we, and, um, and I think any clever partners will watch the way their partner loves them because often that's information. Sometimes it's like your next level and you're loving the way your partner needs to be loved and you've already done that work. But most of the time, we're loving the way that we're hoping to be loved back. And we see that like play out emotionally. We see that play out with gift giving. We see that play out sexually. You know, we see like this kind of like, okay, I'm going to go down on you because I really want you to go down on me and no one's talking about it. It's like, then the person doesn't, you know, there's all these like weird dynamics that start to play out. And if we just realize like, oh, um, you know, I'm doing the thing, like I'm offering you water over and over and over again because I actually need the water. Um, and we're doing that in our relationships uh, romantic in particular is where it gets highlighted, but we're also doing it in friendships and family dynamics. Uh, and it's, it doesn't have to be that way. Like if we just short circuit that, like that neural loop. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, everything, it starts with ourselves. The world is a reflection of our inner world. So thank you for sharing that. Do you have anything else to share or add before I uh, ask Jenna where people can find her? Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to say that, you know, self-love has become such a big concept in the world and everyone's trying to, you know, find more self-love and it's, it's often turned into this one more big thing that, you know, one needs to do. And that itself intimidates a lot of people. And I just want to point listeners to self-love can really just be these very, very, very small acts of kindness to yourself. It can be you know, as Lee's taught me an extra 30 seconds in the shower where I just stand and the utilitarian aspect of the shower is ended and I can just receive the water and I can just breathe and I can just be, or, you know, taking another 30 seconds to apply lotion on my face rather than just, you know, rub it in in a quick, you know, hurry and, and just walk out. It's these tiny, tiny, tiny acts of kindness, of presence, of attention, of mindfulness that I think really create the foundation of self-love that everyone in the world seeks. And so it doesn't have to be this big extravagant thing that we think we need. You know, sometimes it's a lot more accessible and it's always here in the now. It's always present. And you know, even as you listen to this, maybe you take a few seconds to appreciate your body. Maybe you just thank your body. Maybe you just put your hand on your heart and you say, thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for functioning without me ever needing to do anything. Thank your hair and nails for growing without a single conscious thought. Thank your organs and just maybe, you know, run your hands around your body and just thank every part of yourself. And just bask in that glow of appreciation. And that's the ultimate afterglow when you've just made love to yourself. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be this thing that you know society has created out to be. But that's the smallest unit of intimacy. It's feeling yourself and feeling yourself feeling yourself. So, you know, I just... It's my deepest hope that every single being in the world feels safe and every single mm. being feels love and every single being has access to these states that everyone's seeking, everyone's trying to fill with money, with cars, with houses, with accomplishments, with all these things, because deep down we think we need to earn the right to spend an additional 30 seconds in the shower. And I just want to say, no, no, you can have that right now. You don't need to earn anything. Oh, should we drop this mic? Or just, knock no, it sure. <laughs> just knock it over. Okay. Throw it in the ground. <laughs> okay. Oh, amazing. Well, that's the perfect place to end. A very happy ending, if you will. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Jenna, where can people find you? How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so my website is valentinecare.com. I'm also on Instagram at valentinecarewellness. Those are probably the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. They'll have 
the phone number and um, the email address linked through there. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to, you know, I do 15 minute free consultations. Um, I'm offering a discount for anyone who mentions this podcast, uh, if you want to book a session. So um, reach out, let's start a conversation and, and see if I can be of help to you. Yeah, Beautiful. guys, if you have the, the desire popping up to talk to Jenna, we can't recommend her enough. And she's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. So yeah, we're seeing her tonight. So we're very excited we can't to receive. Wait to experience your work. I'm so honored. Thank you guys. This has been really lovely. And I, I'm so glad that you two are in Austin now and I can't wait to refer the world to you. I mean, it's, I think it's so powerful to have a couple who's doing this work together. Like that is just, I think going to be unparalleled because you can draw from your experiences together, helping couples nav and singles navigate what they want and what you two have created. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, very grateful to be here. It's a deep honor to do yeah. this work. Yeah. And also very much of an honor to have you on the show today. So thank you so much thank for you. your time, your energy, your wisdom and your humor. Oh, thank you guys. This is such a pleasure. I can't wait to chat again soon. Awesome. And for everyone watching or listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. Until then, much love and good vibes. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you made it this far, it probably means that you enjoyed listening, learned a lot, and are one step closer to deeper intimacy. To help couples like you discover the show and transform their lives, please consider leaving a five-star review and hitting subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at untamed underscore intimacy. We'd love to hear from you there. If you want to be the first to gain access to exclusive content, practices, and tools to create untamed intimacy in your life, join our mailing list by clicking the link in the show notes. You'll receive powerfully curated content that's no bullshit and pure love. And if you want to learn more about creating untamed intimacy in your life, then visit us at untamedintimacy.com. We see you and we appreciate you. Until next time, much love and good vibes.